Today, I want to ask you guys something very important. I'm asking you guys to share your story. It's so important that we have other women and men that are able to share their story. Narcissistic abuse is emotional abuse. It's mental and psychological. And what we're trying to do here is educate other people as far as how to recognize some of the behaviors that are affecting people and they don't even know. Or if they're in their healing journey, like you and several of our other viewers are trying to get past, we really need you sharing your stories so that someone can relate. Your story and your walk and why you went through what you went through is really to help other people. We would really love if you could contact us and share your story and be willing to be bold and educate, encourage, and empower other people who have had to walk in this situation or who have nowhere to turn like once you and I have been. Please contact us, email us at lifeoflivingabundantly at gmail.com. Thank you. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's Lola. Today, we have a very special friend. She is not only a subscriber and a fan of the podcast, she is um, never missed an episode. We have here today LaShondra Johnson, and we're going to let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm LaShondra Johnson from Houston, Texas. Um, hello. I'm a mother of two wonderful babies. Um, I'm sorry. My son will kill me if he heard me say baby. He's a 15-year-old. Uh, his name is Dylan, and my other daughter's name is Cassidy. Wonderful. So what made you decide to reach out to the podcast producer and say, I want to share my story? Um, just, you know, like everybody, they're laying in the bed, you know, relaxing, scrolling through Instagram. I clicked on it, and one of your messages said, if you see this, this is a sign for you to share your story. And um, I didn't know I had been waiting for that opportunity. I didn't know when it was gonna come out, but I knew I needed a release. I guess that's what it is, a release. Um, Cause writing can only do so much. I've been journaling, but I needed a release. And when I saw that, I prayed about it and I reached out to see how I could be a part of it. Okay, okay, good. Um, so the, the biggest thing is that, you know, we're wanting people to know like warning signs or just by telling your story, number one, it, it brings significance and it um, definitely brings awareness. Um, but we're hoping that it says something to someone else that is alarming for them to do a lot of self-reflection in themselves. Do you remember in particularly what was said that was like, that resonates? with something in my body like when it started like when we first met or like what what video or what was it that I said that made just there was a I do not remember which episode but there was a part when you said that you felt like you were dying like your soul was dying yeah and nobody could I guess I don't even know if anybody can really understand that you know, but you or other people who've gone through it. But I literally felt as though my soul was dying. Like, God, I know you have more for the, for me. This can, this can't be my life, right. you know, create me to go through this. So that was the part of Jasmine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you met um, your former spouse. 
um, years ago. Oh God. Um, so we were both working at a hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, he was in another part of the hospital. Like he was on a different, in a different department. I would see him from time to time. Um, and he would come by my department, you know, a lot. So that's when I was like, okay, why does he keep coming here? But at the time, you know, I was with my son's father and, um, I think he was still, yeah, he was still married. So it was nothing like that. It wasn't any kind of attraction for me. It wasn't, it wasn't any kind of attraction or anything. Like I was like, oh, okay, that's just, you know, so-and-so who comes by, you know, the office to say hello. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's when I first met him, met him. And, um, that was it. I met him then. Um, he invited like the entire hospital to hear him talk and, and uh, minister. So I ended up going and it was, that was it. And then years later, he reached out to me via Facebook and that's how I. So he slid into your DM. Pretty much. Okay. But yeah, okay. slid into my DM. Yeah. <laughs> Verbiage is so new for me because I was yeah. for so long and then like being in the world of single, I'm like, like, all I know is you slide into home base, like. <laughs> right, right. So, um, with that being said, he he was in your DM. Were you hesitant going out with him, or was he asking you for a date, or was he just saying hi? Well, I, I was hesitant because I had just got out of a relationship with uh, my son's father. I really wasn't looking for anything. Uh, we were not married, but we were in a relationship. I wasn't looking for anything. I was like, okay, it's just me and my son against the world, da da da, and he gets sends me this message and we talked maybe about a couple of days and then he asked me out on a date. So I said, yes. How long did you guys date? We dated for, uh, so we dated for maybe about, about, Lord, I can't remember. maybe about three, maybe about six months. Yeah. Often. Well, not often, but we dated for about six months. Yes. Before, but let me, let me say this. We dated for a while, maybe like, I'm not even going to say a while, maybe two months. And then we moved in together. Oh, tell us about that. So like, yeah. So like <laughs> we went out on a couple of, we went on like a couple dates. Mm -hmm. Um, We end up, I think we met in November, December, and then we end up moving together in April. Mm -hmm. So maybe about four months after we met, we ended up moving in together. <clears throat> Yeah, um, that was fast, and um, I'm not. I'm not gonna say I was young. It was a position that I was in. Okay, That's I was a senior. Because what people um, because my bestie, who is like my, she is my sister in Houston. Um, we have this thing where I have been studying, researching, like love and soulmates and things like that and like how people meet in three months and they're married for 50 years mm. there is a chemistry to it and I do believe that you can get married in a short period of time and you can get to know someone because your souls kind of speak to each other right yeah. but it is the circumstances in these some of the situations and whether or not there's some exploitation some manipulation or the the cliche of I was just trying to get out of mom and daddy's house. Mm. So what was your circumstance? I love that you said that. Yes. My circumstance was, well, actually he sent me, we were, you know, he would come over my house mostly. I think I had only been to his apartment 
a couple of times. And then one night he was like, well, I know you're tired of coming over here and I'm tired of coming over there. So how about you just move in? And instead of me saying, ding, 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 no, I said, okay. And that was a sign. That was a what, red flag, right? But at the time, my circumstance, okay. it was a red flag because it was very soon. Okay. It was quick. And my circumstance, I know, was part of my decision. I was like, you know, I'm seeing a mom. You know, my son has already met him. I've met his son. It's like, oh, we're already like a little blended family, not being married. You know, why not? You know, relation in any of that that you can see looking back or no? Definitely looking back. Um, It's kind of like I knew it's like I was a target. I felt like a target. Well, I can look back now and say I was a target mm -hmm. because you have to go back to when we were working in the same place. How you used to come over there like a lot of times. I was like, why does this guy keep coming over here and sitting in here and talking to everybody? But I thought he was so quiet. You know, I I thought he was so quiet and 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 just not not rough. You know, I just thought he was a gentle spirit. You know, I thought he was really kind, you know, and um, but before that, before we even moved in together, there were some red flags because I think maybe after the second date, I met his entire family, you know, at a birthday party. Yeah, I was invited to church and a, like our second, third date, I was invited to church. Okay. And after, oh, go ahead. And after that to his grandmother's birthday party out to eat at a restaurant. Was there any part of you that was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is, this is my person or you kind of knew better or you were distant from it. Like, what were you feeling around this time? Like I've met this man's whole family. Yeah. So before, when he called me to uh, go out, when he called me to invite me to church on the day of his grandmother's birthday, um, I was like, yes. I said, yes. I was like, okay, this is the guy in my dream. And then when I hung up, I thought about it. And I was like, slow down. This is too fast. I just got out of this. Let's slow down. So I called him. No, I texted him. And I was like, hey, I'm sorry. You know, I don't think it's a good idea. We're moving a little too fast. And that was it. And then his message to me was, well, I wish I would not have told my whole family that you were coming. And I felt, that made me feel bad. So to me, that was manipulation because looking back on it, it was like low key, like rude. Like I was like, you know, I poured my heart out, told him why I couldn't come. And he was like, well, I guess I'm not gonna be able to, uh, he was like, well, I shouldn't have told my whole family. I wish I hadn't told them. And I felt bad that I made him tell his family and I was like, I texted him back and I was like, you know what? We'll come, we'll come. And then even I said, well, we might be there a little late cause it was last minute. And do I kind of sit in the back? I don't want to embarrass, you know, you, you know I don't want to embarrass you and come up there. He told me he looked too good to be embarrassed. Oh yeah. That was another text. And I was like, okay, okay. You know, not them. I'm like, okay, well he's sure of himself. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is date two and a half. Yeah. Couple months. And you're you're wrapped in at this oh. point. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. And all about this person, it already I can tell this was whimsical. Yes. I already said this was the person of my dreams. So your family meets him. And how was that? So 
you know how some things stand out in your mind? The part about him meeting my family doesn't even stand out in my mind because it was, I don't even, I don't even, I guess it's, I don't even really remember it. I remember it maybe being a, I don't even think it was a good time because it took a while for my family, which which my family is very small. He has a huge family. My family is small. So my family consists of my mom, my aunt, my uncle, and a few cousins, right? That's my family. And when he met him, I think it may have been, I don't know. I, honestly, to be honest, I don't even remember when they met because I think it took a while for them to meet because I know um, different functions that my mom and whoever would have, it would just be me and my son going because he never allowed me to take his son with us. Okay. Now I allowed him to take my son, you know, to every, my son knew everybody, knew everybody on the, that family, but his son was never really allowed. Not, it wasn't said, but it's like, no, he's going to do this. It was, I would never got to bring his son around my family. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with a, within the six month mark, y'all have already been living together for a couple of months. You've blended yes. two families. Yes. At what point was there an engagement or a marriage? So we started probably a year, a year later, because we started dating, I want to say in December of 2014. And we got married in December. We got married in two, actually engaged in 2015. So we were engaged in 2000. Not, I'm sorry, we were engaged in 2016. So maybe a year later that um, he proposed at the church. Okay. Um, so he was a minister. Yes. At the time. Okay. And so y'all all together was dating about a year and a half, a year, and then the wedding? Yes, we had, we actually was married first in his dad's home because we were shacking, right? So we were living together. So we got married first in his dad's home and then we had the ceremony a few months later. Okay. So how long were y'all shacking to make it right before the ceremony? Ooh. So we, let me see, maybe about before, before the ceremony, maybe about four months, maybe three or four months, because nobody really knew. I think they kind of thought, but nobody really knew. We didn't make it um, that obvious, you know? anything about you that was like I was kind of a secret from the beginning or evasive well yeah I felt as though I was a how can I put it with him like I remember being at Walmart one time and you know I was a very I'm a very affectionate person I'm gonna say I am now mm -hmm. but I think I was more affectionate prior to meeting him so I was always hugging you know playing and when we were in Walmart one day like he didn't like that like it was no public like stop you know, and I'm like, why is he telling me to stop? You know, and let me rewind really quick because the reason why he was telling me to stop was because let's put this out there. He was still married and I did not know. Yeah, did not know because when he approached me, he told me he was divorced. When he reached out to me in my DM, he wasn't with his ex anymore. He was divorced. He's been through this, this, this. Okay, great. You're divorced. And he eventually had to tell me, I remember I was pulling up to work one day and he was like, I have something to tell you. And I was like, what? He was like, well, I thought this was going to be over by this and this and this, but I'm still married. Were you living together when he told you this? We were, <clears throat> that's very important. Were we living together? Mm -hmm. 
I want to say, I want to say yes. No, 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 I wasn't. I, we were not living together. Cause I think he told me about a month after we were dating that he was still married. Okay. So yeah. And, and when I, when I told him, I was, you know, I was on the phone when he told me I was so devastated. I was like, really? Why? You know, I was starting my life over. Why didn't you tell me this? And now my son is met you. And da, 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 da. I was so upset. And the car talking to him, he's like, well, are you going to leave? Are you going to stay? It was like, well, I mean, you deal with it. That's kind of like the attitude he had. It was like, he did nothing wrong. Well, I mean, I told you. And I was like, wow. And then somehow they bring you back and it's like, it makes you feel sorry for them again. So I'm the one, I can't, it's like, I was never to have my feelings. I was never able to own what I was feeling mm -hmm. or I would get punished for being angry at something I should have been angry at. Say that again. What happened when you actually expressed your feelings? You I got, I got shut down by like no feeling. I, it was like, my feelings were invalid. Like, okay, well it was like nothing. So, you know, gave you news that he wronged you. Yeah. became the victim and he lashed out on you. Right. Moving on. Red flag, my friends. Um, this is not, we've both been through it. We've all been through it if we're watching this. Okay. So, because he's already got you in there. You're yes. already in love and don't you mess with a woman and her child. Yeah. Now you feel like this obligation because I'm sure you swore I'm not going to be that woman who introduces my children to all these different men. Yes. Yep. Our children sometimes on the other end are getting introduced to several different women. True. So, That's true. <laughs> so you guys um, have a private, you can't shack up ceremony. Just that yeah. officiated, sign the certificate, you're legally married in the state. And then a few months later, you guys have, we're married. So now you can actually be public to the congregation, to the community? Were you able to share affection and PDA? Um, um, yes, we were, but you have to think too, back in, before we were married, I was still going to the church. So the big thing is everybody in the church knew that he was still married, okay? So everybody knew he was still married, but here I come all happy because before I went to the church, I had I didn't know he was still married. Because remember, he would told me like a month later. So when he invited me to church that day of his grandmother's birthday, so I'm walking in with my son, you know, don't want to embarrass him. So I kind of sit in the back and everybody's looking like, and I'm looking at everybody because I don't know that he's still in this marriage. Okay. So after I found out later, of course, I felt horrible. But they're looking at me like, what, maybe like a homeworker? But see... The point of me, I feel, was to show 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 me off to them. The approach he took with me was to show me off because of, I guess, what I had accomplished in life, how I looked on the outside and my accomplishments. Okay, well, she's done this, done this, done this. This is who I'm with. You know, my ex is my ex and this is what I'm doing now. Right after I get, right after my ex, I have another one. Mm -hmm. So I also have a theory that a lot of times men with this personality trait, um, they always have um, a plan B before they yeah. leave plan A. Do you believe that to be true? Yes, I do. Always know where they're going to lie their head once yeah. the, the first relationship is eliminated, which in turn makes them cheaters um, and just outright dishonest. 
Um, so especially, you know, we're not going to get into the whole talk, but I mean, he was a minister. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, how would you say y'all's marriage was? In the beginning, like the first two years. You're like, oh, oh. <laughs> the first two years. <laughs> Do you have you ever heard the expression death by a thousand cuts? That's what it was. It was like this, death of a thousand cuts. It was um, in the first two years, you know, some people are like, okay, it was good the first two years. I can't say that because this started before we even got married. This started like when I moved in with him, I started noticing things. I was verbally abused when we started living together. I was asked for money. And if I didn't have the money, he would make me feel horrible. Like, oh, my check was short. I need $500 on my, you know, car note. Did he pay all the bills or you guys had to, y'all had to No, I was told prior to moving in, oh, I got everything. That's what I was told prior to moving in. I was like, well, what do you want me to do? You know, I want to do something. I want to contribute. I'm not just going to stay here for free. I work. You know, he's like, oh, well, I got it. I'll let you know. I got pretty much everything. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, you know. But then when the bills start rolling in, then you got to come off this. And it was like gradual. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm paying half and half. It's, you know, so I have no problem with that. But like I said, the abuse started as soon as I moved in. Like me, my self-esteem. Hmm? What was some of the verbal abuse? Um, oh, God. Within the first... I wouldn't say so much verbal abuse in the beginning. It was more so actions. Like if I would try to clean up, he would clean up right behind me. Um, if I washed the dishes and I left the sink, if I left the faucet to the right, he would come behind me and move it to the left. Um, he would tell me I didn't have to do certain things. And in the beginning, I thought it was not, oh, I don't have to wash. Okay. But it was because he didn't want me doing it. Not to make me rest, but he did it a certain way and he wanted it that way. My son coming from my home, I raised my son. So I, he was allowed to drink with his food. But when he got over, when we all moved in him, I had to mesh. I had to basically, um, what do you call the word? Um, I had to basically follow his drum. I had to convert. So everything that he did, I had to mimic with how I raised my son. In comparison to how he raised his son. Right. So let's have a little bit of backstory before continuing the story. His son lived with you guys full time. Correct. Okay. So he had custody of his son. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, when I first, when I first, um, met him, like I knew, well, when we first started dating, I knew that he had custody of his son. Um, as far as, I mean, I've had different conversations with his son's mom. Like, I don't know what's true. Like, I don't know what's true about him. We were not close people, you know, but um, I do know that because of her, I guess her background, that that's how he got, you know, custody of his son. And, you know, maybe with him having such clout as being in the church and things like that, you know, he got custody. Mm -hmm. I don't know the real reason behind it, because like I said, I've heard her story and I've heard his story, but he has custody. I don't know what he's what he did or what he manipulated or if he did it or not, but he has full custody of his son. Well, they have joint custody, joint custody, but he lives with him. Okay. 
what do you believe to be true now that you're you're removed from the relationship and you've kind of mm-hmm. gotten your own lens what do you believe to be true because that matters yes I believe that I believe that him and his family probably exhausted her and she gave in mm-hmm. um I remember her telling me a conversation we had, like, you know, they had a lawyer and she said, well, if you don't, it's better if you do this and this and this and this and just go ahead and do this, you know, so you won't have to go back to court. So I believe that it may have been from exhaustion. She tired and they tired her out because I've been there, but I'm, I've been there. They, you will exhaust it, you know, financially, mentally, physically, you know, people will make you think like you have no chance in H-E-L-L of, of getting him. So let him have him. And I believe she, you know, yeah. exhaustion. Like I say, it's like you're not, when you marry or divorce that that person, you marry or divorce that system. Um, yeah. Because they have a way of, I mean, if they were able to control your mind, yeah, they have their family. But the thing is, is that their family knows exactly who they are. Yeah. They defend it. Um, so it's unfortunate when the system comes for you, like it's no longer a fair fight. No, it's not. And you get tired. You get exhausted. I like physically tired. I was like, there was a point I, one time I told, I was like, I think I was sitting in the bathroom or something just in there getting some me time. And I was like, I can't win. I can't fight him and them. I can't win. But for you know? our viewers looking at this, if they're in that moment where we are today, that is not true. And that, that is not enemy. When that is exhaustion, and let me tell you, there ain't no no chance in hell today that I could I could still stand in that same place because there is progression and there is fight and there is prayer and where you surround yourself with strong people. But yes, there's nothing like that moment of just feeling I can't. What- like you're between a what what did they say like a rock and a hard place yeah and you you keep telling yourself that because it's like you look at everything but you have to see that God is working for you you know that he is looking at everything and he is going to give you strength and you really have to my prayer life like I said it was I like I said before like I thought it was strong before because I you know I thought it was strong before like I have a story even before this story you know I thought it was strong before but this this you have to have a prayer life. You, I thought it, I thought my prayer life was what it, no. I was on my knees so much. I was in my car so much, not even getting out the car, just saying, Lord, I need, I need you. I need, I'm, I'm in the car talking to God. Like he's just my, my, my home girl, my homeboy, just sitting right there. Like, God, I know you see this. When is it going? I know you're doing this for my good, but I'm trying to find the good in it, Jesus. I'm trying to find the good in it. When? I can't take it anymore, God. I need you to intervene, you know? And, you know, it It works out. You know, in that moment, you might be so desperate and you might think that it won't, but there's a other, there's another side. You have to go to the other side. What would you say for, because when you're divorcing someone like this, like there is no fair game. They come with all kinds of attack. They come with police allegations, um, child services, financial abuse, they come with it all. And post-separation abuse is very real. You know, um, what would you say to like women who really are in this 
And like, what was the one thing that made you say, this cannot be about me? Like, what was the one thing that you did that changed the trajectory of like how you started fighting this differently? Um, I'm going to say research. And the reason why I say research is because I was Googling everything. Like, um, while I was in it, now this is the thing, while I was in it, I was not Googling things like, okay, how to divorce this person or how to leave this person. I wasn't Googling that. I was Googling, yeah, I was Googling how to survive in a relationship with this person, how to survive with somebody who has a mental disorder. That's what I was Googling it because I had no intentions of leaving. I had of leaving. Now, there was one lady from the church. I did reach out to her and I told her what I was in. I told her I was in this relationship, this abusive relationship. You know, she sent me like a book, like, like she told me to Google this book. And she didn't tell me to leave. She told me to Google the book. But I was hurt because the book was basically how to survive in a relationship with someone who has a mental disorder. And I was like, is this it? <laughs> like, okay, so, and I'm reading the thing. So I'm like, okay, I have to do this. Okay, so I have to do this. Okay, let me see if I can do that. Let me act as though I'm just here. Let me act like gray rocking. Let me act like a gray rock. And let me just be quiet. I'm not going to fight with him. Um, maybe it's me. Maybe, maybe I'm saying too much. I'm just going to sit here and not be noticeable. Yeah. I'm not going to. I'm gonna... yeah yeah and then while a lot of this is happening like did your family or friends start to see or identify any of this they saw it after I think our first um argument was maybe maybe two weeks after I had moved in and um and I drove to me I got me and my son because I think my son was around five or six at the time and I took us to my mom's uh, little apartment she was staying in and we slept on the couch. And um, they, they, they started seeing it then. And then, yeah, and they saw what kind of person he was because that night that I was at my mom's house, like he drove all the way from his house because I accidentally took his charger. So he drove all the way over there and then my mom saw him speed off, you know? And she's like, what is wrong with him? And then it was like, and then I went back. And not to mention too, I've, they say it takes seven times for you to leave your abuser. I have left seven times. The seventh time I didn't go back. The seventh time was when I filed for divorce. I kept going back, which also built a wedge between me and my family. Yeah. Because... It's not there anymore. We're good. But because I went back so much, I mean, I've stayed with my aunt. I've stayed with my mom. I would leave because I knew something wasn't right. And it was, it was, it was, I was like literally driving me crazy. I knew something wasn't right. I knew that if I got mad at him one night and I went to sleep, that the boys weren't there and I went to go sleep in the bunk bed. Like he would pull, he's pulled the covers off of me before. Like I'm sitting there cold and he, so that I won't sleep in the other room, he snatched the covers off of me, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm laying there like, okay, this isn't normal, you know? And, but then I will leave and then either his, well, sometimes it will be him or sometimes it will be his family reaching out talking to me, you know, telling us how good we look together or how how beautiful of a couple we were or how this is normal. 
or or married couples go through reeling me back in. And I went every time because I used to say, I was like, you know, the family embraced me so well and my family was so small. And then not to mention, they're kind of like shaky with me because they're mad because I don't spend any more time with them like I used to because I'm always with his family because they did everything. It was church service. I saw them three times. Vacations. I never vacationed with my with my mom or my aunt. My ki- my son, he loved going on vacations. I love, you know. I had that kind of lifestyle until your small family. When I tell you our stories are so similar just by the the environment and the tone. Um man, you are you are really preaching to the choir right now. How long were you married? Seven years. Seven years. And um and dated a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So next I want to kind of segue into what were some signs? I know we talked about him doing that with the bed and stuff. And what are the signs that you knew it was bad before this lady got the book? So we're going to kind of go into that next. Hey, guys. One thing that we're doing is we're trying to get people to share their stories. And I understand that some of you may still be in the healing process, embarrassed, or just really don't want to share your story publicly. We have a program designed where you can share your story anonymously. And what we'll do is you'll submit it to our secure platform and we will actually share your story anonymously and then I'll give you advice. And that advice will help other people who are going through, I promise, some of the exact same situations that you are. Please reach out to us at lifeoflivingabundantly at gmail.com. You can also check out our website at lifeoflivingabundantly.com. Have a good day. Bye. I started um, venturing out for help. Really, I don't even want to say it was years later. It was like maybe at the beginning. I ventured out for help a lot. Most so, more, more so with his family, because at the time, I didn't want my family to know that um, I didn't want my family to know that I was experiencing these things. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how they would take it, and I didn't know how to tell it to anyone. So I was like, you know, I'll just reach out to his family. And I think I started reaching out to his aunt. I reached out to her a lot for help. Um, Like, okay, I don't think this is normal. You know, and then she would tell me about her marriage and what she went through in her marriages and this and this and this. And, you know, y'all are going to be a good couple. I've been praying for y'all. And I'm like, okay, you know, thank you for, you know, praying for us, you know. And I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to pray about it. And whenever he comes, you know, in my face, just keep saying, she told me, just say, Jesus, Jesus. Well, when I did this and I said, Jesus, Jesus, he would call me the devil or you don't know how to pray. Or he was real. He said it a lot. Like, um, uh, you don't know what you're talking about, I guess, because I didn't know. I, I didn't quote scripture a lot. Like, oh, it's, it's basically like he made me feel as though my prayer, my church life was like this. And his was like, his was like humongous. So it shut me down. You know, as far as made me feel as though I, I didn't know what I was talking about, mm-hmm. you know, and but I was, like in the beginning, I reached out to his aunt a lot. It was mostly her I talked to. I didn't start reaching out to his dad and his mama until later. And then I stopped reaching out to them at all, you know, but I did you stop reaching out to his parents? I because I knew that they were getting tired of it. 
and nothing ever worked. It, it never worked. Um, I remember talking to his mom one time, reaching out um, after our marriage, you know, was just saying, you know, I'm tired. Like, I don't know what it is to do. And I'm thinking like, okay, I'm gonna get some good advice from, you know, our first lady, you know, my, my, my mother-in-law, my first lady. And I'm like, okay. And she would say, you know, she would tell me, you know, you, when you first came, you used to be a, you know, you were a diva, you know, what happened to that spark? You know, and I never said, yeah, what happened to that spark? You used to be a diva and you need to get that back. And I could not bring myself to say, ma'am, your son took it away from me. I don't have, you're the problem is all I hear. Yeah, I yeah me. Get it back. Get it together. Yes, you know, I'm the problem. Let's go or wow. And so, I started to believe. Say that again. That's what I started to believe. I started to believe that I was the problem because you know I you know I've never seen a mirror of like a marriage. But I'm like, okay, my grandparents were married. My aunt was married. But because marriage wasn't in my home, you know, my mom wasn't married. I'm like, okay, well maybe maybe they're right. They're married, they're successful, you know, they're telling me all this stuff. Let me start doing that. But when I start doing it, it's like, I'm like, I've been doing this. I've been doing this, but I had also changed who I was totally. You know, I changed who I was completely. And I'm like, is that still not enough? You know, I'm trying to change who I am to be what this person wants me to be or what the perfect look is. And he's still not happy mm -hmm. or I just never felt as though I was like treated like, you know, like a woman in the relationship. Um, I felt like I was just there to show at church camera, ch you know, it was like action. You get to church action. Oh, he's laughing and talking. How you doing? How you doing with everybody? I'm like, he just wasn't talking to me in the car. He just wasn't talking to me at home. Like, how do you do that? And I have to sit up and I'm like, I learned, I learned how to do it. I learned how to sit up in church and smile while he's on the drums, knowing that he just called me stupid or ignorant in the car. I know how to smile. How you doing? You doing okay? Sean, you doing okay? I'm good. How are you? It came like, like second nature. Like I did it. So you betrayed yourself. I did. I did. And remember that shame, like we were talking about, like, yes, I walked in shame. Like, because I know in the core of who I am and you, and that's why your soul begins to die because you're going against your core of who God created you to be. And then you begin to merge into this family. Yeah. Okay. Was there anybody that said, oh my God, I understand exactly what you're going through. And who did you run into anybody that stopped defending the behaviors or the family or because you couldn't speak against them. They, they're probably well-known, you know? Um, then I would have told you yes. But now I would say no, because that's his family. It was nobody from my family. And the person that I thought I confide, that I could confide in, who gave me different advice, who, who would say, okay, yeah, that was wrong. He shouldn't have done that. Ivy, you know, it was the one person that I thought that I could understand. But today, no. No, not one person. Now, and I used to go to his, you know, I didn't really, you know, my dad really wasn't present in my life, you know, as he should have been. So I looked at his dad 
as my dad, when they would tell me, oh, this isn't anything biased. This is not, we're non-biased. You know, with things he was saying in church, he preached, I'm not, no, I'm not biased. He would say all this. And I was like, I really believe that. I believed it. I believe that they were for me and him. Today, I don't. It was all about him. Yeah. Yep. I, um, I too can identify that um, no one wanted to speak against it. You know, my family, like if you're happy or they didn't want to intervene or make things worse. And then you get tired of everybody defending him. And I finally went to a very, very strong friend. And um, we spoke on the phone for probably four hours. And she said, everything that God is about to bring you through, you are very well equipped. But you mm -hmm. have to start praying. Since nobody is given solution, you have to start praying that God brings you to be the change. And that you be the change that's needed to get you into the next transition of this marriage. Wow. Within days, days, if not the very next day, everything blew up. And so much we want to try and change that other person or it's their behavior. Like, again, I've already identified your family knew who you were. His family knew who he was. Yeah. My marriage and so many others. So, again, once you became this with this person, you just said you changed to be with that person. You changed everything about you. Yeah. So when me and my friend, we sat there and we prayed that I be the change that needs to happen. God already knew what was in me. I needed to go back and get it. Get it, yep. So you went back and got it. I so know that there was just this temporary abandonment. Mm. Like you cannot take, just like you can't take away the core of who he is, well, he couldn't take that away from you either. So when that girl went and found herself, yeah, how did things start to change? Mm. Actually, in the house, things got worse. Of course. <laughs> when I went back and got her, things got worse. Um, because there was no more, like, I wasn't being obedient, as he would say. Um, and I was like, you know, some things that I used to go along with, I couldn't go along with it because I never understood it in the first place. You know, um, I, I just, I couldn't, it's like, I had closed in so much. And like, at this point when I found her, I couldn't like, um, even with music, I love all genres of music. Every, if, if anybody knows me, they know, oh, Sean, she, she used to dance. She loves music. She loves everything. But when I got with him, it was strictly, I love gospel. I have fam you know, famous gospel artists who I love. But when I got with him, it was strictly gospel. You can't listen to any secular music. You can't listen to this. And I'm like, I like R&B. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't. And so with him, when we were driving, I would listen to the music. And if he were, when we, when I would get home, I would change my station. It would be on 92.1 gospel. But while I'm driving, it might be on 102 and I'm listening. But I will make sure I change my station. I'm sorry. I will make sure I change my station back to 92.1 so when he got back in the car he wouldn't be like what you listening to why you listening to this i would i would i would record um different things like uh like maybe the bt awards and he would delete them so i couldn't watch that 
you know, and I used to, I used to actually go to his aunt's apartment sometime and I'd be thinking to myself, man, you so lucky. Like I, w I was in my marriage, but I would say, you, I know you're single, but you're so lucky. And I couldn't bring myself to say, you can watch what you want to watch on TV. I'm a grown woman. I'm, I was grown then and I'm grown now, but I couldn't watch certain things on TV, a TV that I bought. I couldn't watch certain things. You don't want to tell your family that because they can't see it. They can't believe, they be like, are you stuck? What's they wrong with her? They know, right, they know her, but they're like, who are you? You know, where's, where's Sean at? What's wrong with you? And I couldn't explain it. I couldn't, ex I couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain it. So yeah. what happened that um, ended the marriage? Was there any one thing or? Um, this, it was, it was one thing. And I'm gonna say one thing because the next day after this happened, I reached out to a cousin of mine and I said, I need do you, I need a, a divorce attorney the next day, the next morning. Mm -hmm. And um I was on the uh the night prior to me calling my cousin and asking for an attorney, I was actually on the phone with his aunt one night, um, because it had gotten really bad in the house. Like there was no talking, he didn't talk to me, like it was just bad. You know, I had stopped going to church with him he would take my daughter but we I would go to church because I for what to, to fake I would be I'm, I was tired of faking and then he would get mad at me because I didn't go to church um but when I would tell him the reason why he never understood like well that's you you know we were having we were having problems we were not intimate anymore I didn't even want I didn't even I can't even explain it. I just didn't want him on me or around I just it was I just didn't want to be around him and I was on the phone talking to his aunt one night I was like you know I'm, I'm losing it like I don't know what to do I'm really down right now I'm really down I don't know what's going on with me you know and I'm telling her it's like a like a record on repeat I'm tired of telling her about her nephew you know and her just saying okay I'm gonna pray for you you know I think that 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 night before we had just got into it and I tried to leave in my truck and he tried to put his arm in my truck and when I closed the door, I accidentally hit his arm because I was trying to close the door and he was trying to get in. So the next day I'm like crying, I'm um, talking to her and my son is upstairs. It's just me and him at the house at this, me and him that were home. And I thought he was upstairs taking a shower, okay? Thought he was in the shower, didn't hear me downstairs crying and talking to her. Well, he wasn't. So he gets a text, my son sends my ex a text message, basically says, leave my mom alone, right? And I didn't know that until the aunt that I'm on the phone with says, hey, such and such just text me. And he said that your son said, leave my mom alone. D did he hear you? Does he hear you on the phone? I go upstairs and I'm like, what's wrong? Did you send such and such a text message? And he's like, yeah, mom, I told him to leave you alone. And I said, son, I said, thank you. But I said, just stay out of your son. I said, it's between me and him. You don't have to defend me. It's okay. I thought you were in the shower. I'm sorry. And I'm apologizing. Myself. I'm sorry you heard me crying. I'm sorry you should not have heard me cry. And he was like, it's okay, Ma. I said, no, I just stay out of it, son. So when I get on the phone, she's like, well, he's coming home. He was talking about he's going to come home and whoop him. I told him to let it go. So the aunt is like, I told him to let it go. He's not going to do anything when he gets back home. So I'm in there. Actually, my daughter was there. So I'm in there giving my daughter a bath, whatever. He comes. I take her out the bathtub dressing her. He storms in the closet and gets a belt. 
And I'm like, where are you going with the belt? And he said, well, uh, I'm going to go up here and whoop Dylan. And I was like, for what? He don't send me no text message to leave you alone. Da, 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 da. And I'm thinking his aunt has already told him, leave it alone. He didn't listen. He runs up the stairs. I go up the stairs behind him and, you know, just protect my son. And my son is sitting on the bed like, so I go in the room and he's like, I'm either whoop him or he's going to have to get out of my house. And I'm like, he's not going anywhere and you're not going to whoop him. So if you're going to whoop him, you're going to come through me. I'm standing literally in between him and my son. And um, my son, he has this look in his eyes. Like, how old is he at this point? He was 15, 14 or 15. And he's a big boy. Um, he has this look in his eyes and he's sitting there. And I was like, well, I'm going to stay here. I'm not moving. He said, well, you must go stay in there all night. So I call the police because at this point, things have gone so, you know, there's been multiple, you know, abuse throughout the whole marriage. So at this night, I'm like, what's going to happen? This, this is going to get bad. I need to call the police. Something is going to happen because who knows where it's going to go if he tries to hit Dylan or whatever. So my son says something that when he said it, the words that he said, I knew I had to remove him. I had to um, call the police because I knew something was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, my son said these words and I was like, okay, I got to do something. Basically, it tapered off a little bit because the police got there, of course. Did you so, say hmm? Son say again? My son, you know, he was angry. He was sitting there and he told him, he's like, he said, I will kill you. Mm. I heard that. And I, I stood right by him and I said, son, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I said, you're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. We're going to be okay. So yes, I just, you know, at this time, the police, I got there, they came in, of course, they questioned him by himself and then they questioned me. And, um, the police told me, he was like, well, you know, by law, ma'am, he can't whoop him. And I was like, there was no reason to whoop him. And I'm like, this is my son. He's like, well, man, we can't, we can't do anything. I mean, technically if he wants to whoop him, he can. And I said, wow. Okay. Remember when video that just published where we talked about in the very end the system does not design is not designed for women and it does not allow women to protect her children or herself yeah and when he made me feel as though I was in the wrong like I wasted his time for calling I said sir something was going to escalate here you know and then he talked to him and then you know I'm watching them I'm able to watch you know on the recorder and he's like, so charismatic. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. I understand that. Yeah, my son was up here just, you know, he was, and I'm like, oh my God, nothing happened. Right. The next day is when I made a call and got an attorney and filed. Yeah. How was your divorce process? Lengthy. Um, it was lengthy, it was exhausting. Um, everything that I won as far as like temporary use of the home. Um, he basically disputed everything. So whenever his lawyer sends something, of course, your lawyer has to send something. And so it got very expensive. Um, only because I'm a rule 30, uh, a mediator, basically I do family law. So like yes. 
Texas? Is it 90 days or 30 days, 60 days with kids? 60 days. Days with kids. So did it take you 60 days? To, to, for it to be finalized? Oh no, I filed uh, February of 2000 and I filed February of 2022 and my divorce was just finalized September 5th of this year. Of 23. Yes, so ma'am. Years. Yes, ma'am. What were y'all fighting over? Just curious. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, and we had a home and custody. Um, we were fighting over, he wanted to um, keep the home. Um, yeah, he wanted to keep the home. And it was always like one thing I had to change in the order. Like, I'm like, just tell me everything at all, you know, in the, in the beginning, you know, and I had the kind of lawyer who was more like, okay, well, you can come back and do this later and you can come back and do this later. I'm like, no, I want to do all this right now, you know, and that's what drug everything out. It was more so, um, everything he disputed too. So it really wasn't fighting over much. It was that when he, when the judge would make a certain order, like him, me, him getting out of the home, he didn't like that. And he got to come back twice and still got told no, no, because there was an incident that happened that was violent and, and my daughter was involved. You know, um, there was a bad incident to where I had to call the police again. So that incident um, was brought into play. And that's why he had to leave the home because the, it got violent in the home. But no one was hurt. No one was hurt. Well, no, I take that back. I was, well, we were, you know, going back and forth with my daughter. He left in the middle of the night around 12 something. Um, and I, uh, I had a bruise stuff. I had to send into, um, my lawyer and the police. I got end up the altercation that happened. I got a bruise and I hit my chin. Mm -hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, two years, mm -hmm. Like, did you have to sell the home that you're in that y'all, that he wanted? Yes. We eventually, uh, agreed to sell the home. So the home was just sold like, like a month ago. So it was just sold. Okay. So the, your divorce is fresh. Yes. Yes. Very fresh. But because you had to wait so long, like, do you feel like <laughs> now you can finally heal? Because I do. There's that, there's that, that, that ending thing, you know, um, and like I said, like, it's a process, you know, cause I have my days to where I'm great. And then I have my days to where, um, like, I'm like, okay, well I'm, I'm single again, you know? And I'm like, okay, God, I'm not going to get low because this is what I'm sitting in what I pray for. You know, that loneliness does creep, but then I get snatched out of it. Like you're good. You know, you're great. You know, um, I try not to think about things that happened. I try to, um, you know, not feel guilty about what I put my son through, you know, going back and forth, going back and forth. I try to feel, you know, not so guilty as what he saw and what I had to tell him, what he did, the things that he had to do. And I didn't even understand it at the time, you know, like not things like so small, like not being able to wear a costume when he was five and six years old, you know, because they didn't believe in that. So then he would be like, well, mommy, why can't I wear a costume? I'm like, well, we just don't do that anymore, you know? And I'm like, those are the things I had to tell him. And like, I didn't even understand. Or when he got his Pokemon cards taken, you know, they don't believe it. That's a spirit, you know? So his Pokemon cards were thrown away, you know? And I had to explain to him and I'm like, how am I explaining something 
to my son. And I don't even know why. I don't even know, you know, if it, you know, if it makes sense. And I remember one time when I told um, his dad, I was like, I feel like I'm losing myself. And he was like, oh, that's just the old man dying. Like I'm this new found Christian and I lost myself. And, and I believed it. I believed it. You know, I'm like, what? I actually believe that that was the truth. You know, I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's a pastor. He's right. That was the old man. But I'm like, I feel like I'm actually losing myself. You know, and I even remember at my wedding, before we actually had the ceremony, I found out that I wouldn't be able to dance. Like they don't believe in dancing or anything like that, you know? So he said, well, you know, um, this is your wedding, but this is also, I'm not gonna say the name of the church, but this is also a blank, blank wedding. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay. I know my place now. I know my place. So, yeah. What made you stay so long? not wanting to give up. I didn't want, I didn't want to go through all of this, having a wedding and my son knowing him and I'm knowing him and I'm knowing the whole family. I don't want to start over again. You know, I'm going to stick it out. They said, this is normal. So this is what married people go through. You know, um, this is it. I don't want to, you know, marry anybody else and go through all this again. I'm just going to stick it out. I'm going to keep going to church. And I was like, well, maybe if if he hears something like in church that'll that'll resonate with him, maybe he'll start doing it. But I was like, wait a minute. This is also his father. And so you're still waiting for him to be the change. And yeah, you know, one thing that I did was I started talking to other people because I was isolated. So you're not allowed to talk to other people and you don't speak against that family's name. And so when I started talking to other people and I started hearing how crazy I sounded and other people like looking at me and, you know, who are you? Right? Yes. And um, like, you don't even know, like when I, when I say that, like, why did you stay so long? Like, you don't even know that this was dysfunctional. No, and there, there are probably a large percentage of people where you don't create this whole family and then dismantle it. And that, that spiritual abuse is so much security for them. Wow. You will never leave. Yes. And I think that was the bombshell in my situation is you'll never leave. Because I was the walk a good talk, fight a good fight. Like I am married forever. Yes, I'm married, you know. And you play that role, and then when you realize none of this is about me, yeah, or being future first lady. Oh, we think you know you'll be a great having those office talks. Oh, you know we, you know my picture is up in the church. So like our picture, our family pictures up in the church. I can't leave. My face is on that picture in pastor's office. I can't leave. One thing that got me through is that I had to focus on instead of what I was leaving, where mm. I was going. And I could not conceptualize that. 
until I was gone. <laughs> yeah, until you were gone. And you're able, it's like, there's life on the other side. You know, I kept, my cousin used to tell me, there's life on the other side. You're going to be okay on the other side. Didn't you feel like such a failure? Oh, oh, I, oh God, I did. I, when you can't explain, like you feel, it's like when you can't explain to people why you're taking what you're taking and why you're putting up with what you're putting up with, I felt like a failure because I couldn't explain it. I'm just here. I'm, I'm literally surviving. I'm, and I used to say, I'm going along to get along. I'm just going to keep going along to get along, you know? And when I, like, I didn't have anybody really to talk to, you know, anybody who was, who was physically there who really understood. But then I had to say, they know who this person is. They know him. They've been through this before, you know? So it's like, you know, and thing, I used to be like, okay, y'all, you all know my character. You said you loved me. You know my character. I have a beautiful spirit. I'm this and this and this. But when I call for help, everybody's like, you know, like, how long you know, was marriage. How long was this? Uh, I think, you know, I don't even know. I think it may have been a couple of years. It wasn't long. Mm -hmm. And with that marriage, he didn't have a wedding. Like it was quick because his family didn't even want him to marry her like because of you know where she's sad because of where she came from and how she you know cared herself or whatever it wasn't a long marriage but I he married her I think it was like maybe two years maybe two years okay so very short term so you come along and you are the one you oh yeah yeah both of our sons we we both have boys we play the drum you know my son plays the drums I was also vulnerable when I met him too because um prior to this like my son Dylan he's a twin my other son Drew passed when he was 14 months and um I was very um like I was open you know and at the time my son's father and really really wasn't you know in his life when he was young he's great now he's in his life now they have a great relationship but at the time I was looking for that father figure and I used to pray God you know send me somebody who's going to be good for my son send me somebody who's in the church you got to be careful what you pray for because that's all i prayed for and i got somebody who's in the church you know everybody in the church is not good and like you were saying something about the spiritual um like security like he would use that to make me question myself you know he would be like god is not this god isn't god isn't um happy with you god isn't this with you like he was like he was sitting next door talking to god and I would actually believe this, why? Because he was a minister. So everything I gave him bounced off of him because he knew the word, you know? Um, me not feeling like being intimate with him because you were just mean to me 30 minutes ago. You were horrible to me. But now because I'm a wife, I have to basically lay there, you know, keeping it real. I have to lay there. But I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing God's will because I'm not neglecting my husband. You know, there was actually a time when the pastor asked who in the church, who in the church isn't given their, who's been withholding a cookie. Okay. Yeah. Ask, yeah. Ask the women to stand up. No. And I stood up like a dummy. I stood up because 
I'm being honest and open. We're all family in here. And I was like, like brainwashed, really, you know? And when I was in church, like we would get, I would get tired of our issues because he would call his father a lot for, um, I'm not just going to say advice. It would be to tell on me. And I got so tired of the sermons having to deal with our marriage, even though he would say it's for anybody. No, no, not the first family. The first family are going to be preached. Yeah, the first family issues are going to be preached in the church. I got tired of that. You know, I got that was hurtful because you go to the church for help, right? You go to the church for help. But I was going to this church and I felt like I was getting beat up. And he used to say, I know you feel like you're getting beat up. Tell everybody, I know you like you feel like you're getting beat up, but I'm literally the one getting beaten up. And this is not, this is not of God. God is not beating me up. Mm -mm -mm. You know, our business. And I'm, like I said, my soul was slowly dying because I'm going to the place where I'm supposed to get help. Right. But I'm not getting help there. How has post-divorce been? Post-divorce has been a mix of emotions. Um, some days I cry, right? And some days I'm happy, but it's like, I still have this joy. I'm still, I still have joy. That's the, that's like, that's like the foundation. I still have joy. Um, I still deal with issues because of, you know, custody, you know, going back and forth because he has to control, you know, things he has to control. Um, but I still don't engage, you know, I don't engage. I don't respond. I've learned that. <laughs> I've learned that. Like, it's not even, I'm like, mm, it's not even anything to respond to. You know, I pour in love to my son and my daughter and that's all my focus is on right now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, this joy I have, oh my God. I'm, I keep saying, Sean, you are sitting in what you pray for. You used to go in the restroom and say, Lord, please, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of this? I've gone back too many times. This is not the life you have for me. I can't, I'm watching TV. I can't even watch love shows on TV. Oh yeah. I can't watch a nice love show because it's like, I used to feel like, well, that's never going to be me. Mm -hmm. Wow. I can watch shows all day now. Okay. Yeah. You know? I could, I, I wouldn't do any of that stuff, any of that stuff. And now it's just like, I was watching yeah. like, what do you call it? Christmas in July, like all the little Hallmark movies and mine was peace. Yeah. Oh God. Peace. Peace is very, very expensive. Ooh. It is peace. Yeah. So like the last thing that I want to get into is like, I know that it's not been very much time, but like, what do you speak to yourself today after being, being with what you've been through? Is there a next time? Will you remarry? What does dating look like? Or are you dating yourself? I dated myself. Yeah, I do that a lot. I, um, yeah. who is there? I'm so as of right now, I'm going to say maybe I'm not, I'm not at the point to where I'm going to say never. Mm -hmm. I'm not. How can I say? Cause I know that that wasn't a normal situation. That was somebody who had a mental disorder, a mental health disorder. So I'm not going to say never because not everyone has a disorder like that person had. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be open. 
but right now I'm not dating. <laughs> I'm not dating anyone. I'm at the I'm at the house right now with my my children. Um, there are certain people in my family that want me to get out and meet, but I have to do things in my time. And I do I date myself. I you know I take myself out to eat. I love I've always I love to go out to eat by myself. You know I love to relax by myself. You know or do things with my kids that or watch Netflix. That's what I'm doing nowadays. You know and I have a good church life. I go to church on Sundays. You know. I'm involved in the different things that take place at church. So that's where I'm getting my fulfillment right now. And just being able to be here in my new place, you know, and just enjoying it, enjoying my something so simple that I used to want. And it's like, I wouldn't even tell people I wanted this because they'd be like, girl, that's easy. I just wanted to see my son and my daughter play on the floor. Yep. That's it. Just play, not, not being scared to sit on the couch are being made to go up to the room because because me and him sitting down here, I want my kids to lay on the bed with me and watch TV. Being apologetic for kids being kids. It's being kids. Yeah. Well, I thank you for sharing your story. Um, it, it, it has, you have to feel that empowerment because it's out now, you know, and there's just, there's so much peace in the journey so much and I'm kind of grateful that I learned that it's not about getting to the other side it's enjoying the journey and that's that's how I know that I'm I'm in a healing phase because you're enjoying it mm -hmm. and I hope that there's something you give to other people um you're so inspirational you're so vibrant you know and I want somebody to get a glimpse of you and say oh they used to be me you know um what would you say to our viewers? Um, I would say start putting yourself first. Um, start putting yourself first. Um, if you, your first sign is if you're Googling something, is my husband supposed to do this? Is my boyfriend supposed to do this? And it's not normal. That's the first sign right there. Cause that's what I was laying on the bed one day, typing in stuff. You know, I'm three classes away from having my psychology degree. That made me, that's my joy. That made me go into psychology, like doing that. And I would just say like, don't, don't waste your life. Mm -hmm. Don't waste another day. Don't waste another minute. Cause like, that's something you don't get back. You don't get back time. Like it's, it's not. But he restores. Mm. He restores. Mm. He restores. Oh my God. Just, there is a way out. You do not have to suffer. Like I would say, suffering in silence. Those smiles, you want your smiles to be genuine. You don't want people to be able to see through them. And then when they stop being able to see through them, that's really the scary part because now you've tricked yourself. And, and like, you're the, the fool. Yeah, yeah, and you might, you'll end up staying longer when you don't think it's a problem. This abuse, it has lasting effects. Like healing from this, it, you know, it, it's a journey. You know, it's a constant journey, but it's a great journey, you know, like um, staying in it. It's not the way, you know, don't do it. Don't do it for the kids. Please don't do it for the kids. I've talked to other people who's, who are grown now who said, I wish my mom or I wish my dad would have just left. Mm -hmm. I wish they would have just left. I wouldn't be who I, they, they were like, I wouldn't be who I am. You know, I had to make a change, but I wish they would have left sooner. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God. So 
don't use the excuse saying for the children. You'd be surprised what your children would tell you, you know, when they grow up or even now, if you ask them, you know, it's, it's not healthy, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and I think, I don't think anything's going to ever make me feel differently. Like it was the best thing that I could have ever done. Yep. The best. And I know like just a little bit of insight on what like God is just kind of letting me know is to come. He was like, if I would have told you all of this, like that's not the way it works. You know, um, there was no other way. Like um, there's no regrets. There's no pause. You know, this is just the way it unfolded. You know, so um, I really be extreme sometimes he has to do something extreme because he can't shake you so he has to do something so extreme to like okay I need you to wake up mm -hmm. and it's like you're like God why am I going through this while well, I, I put you through this so that you can get out because you you didn't see any other signs I was trying to give you subtleness it doesn't work with you mm -hmm. I need to put and I need to you know God knows you know everyone knows my kids are my heart they're you know they're my everything you know and he had to use my son, you know, not my daughter. He had to use my son, you know, something so, you know, devastating that it made me, uh-uh, this is it. I can't, no. So for you too, you weren't strong enough to leave for you. It was the kids. The kids. Yep. Yeah. Well, we thank you. Thank we you. encouraged. Um, it is so good to see, um, just a bright flourishing face and, you know, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. I receive it. And I'm mm. only on the beginning side of it. So like some days I'm like, there's more, you know, more from me. yeah, yes. So <laughs> So thank you so much. Thank you so much. This, oh God, this, yeah. You haven't seen, this is, this is awesome. This, this platform you have, this is, this is awesome because, you know, just, just getting it out, you know, it's, it's been in me. I write, but being able to talk to someone who also shares what you've been through, you know, it's like talking to somebody who gets it. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't you know question you over and over again i just i did it i was i was in there it happened gradually it happened it's real you're not crazy mm -hmm. it, you're not just it's it's not normal mm -hmm. it's real and you understand it's real and thank you so much because like that feeling is like man you you understand mm -hmm. somebody this is this is happening now like you people are in this situation now like am i supposed to stay in here how do i get out you know it's like if they're not being punched in the face or kicked in the stomach then they don't think it's abuse. It's still abuse. You know, I've been physically shaken. I've been, you know, hit up against the wall. I've been pushed like I was a man. But it's like, like you said before, you almost want it to have been physical versus the right. mental, because it's like every day yeah. you get lower and lower. Every day, lower and lower. And you will always feel like you're, never enough in it like you're never and i was always a confident person mm -hmm. i would watch lifetime movies that'll never be me like how did this happen yeah. how did this happen the lifetime movie. oh my god 
How did this happen? Yeah, let me and, see your shirt. I, I see your shirt oh, and I want you to be able to explain to everybody. This, this shirt, um, it says, uh, oh God, because it's so true. I gray rocked to survive, but I left to live. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, I gray rocked to survive. And all of my people who are going through this, all of us, who we know what gray rocking is, right? Mm -hmm. So, no, just in case. They okay, I'm sorry. Gray rocking is a term that um that's used that's that's physically done for people who are in abusive relationships. They gray rock. A gray rock is what? A gray rock is something that you don't pay attention to. Like a gray rock outside in the street, you don't pay attention to. I mean, it's just a plain gray rock. So, in a marriage or relationship like this, you want to be. You, you have to pretend as though you're invisible. You have to be that gray rock mm -hmm. because this is how I survived. I didn't engage. If he came to me and said something, I was just quiet. Mm -hmm. I would be that gray rock. I didn't want to be noticed. So yeah. I did that to survive in it, but I left so that I can live because yeah. you can barely survive. Yeah. Surviving isn't how it's going to, how it, how you're going to flourish. You have to leave to live. Yeah. And so and yeah, this is something like she said, you do not engage, you do not interact, you give absolutely nothing. Because as you continue to listen to the content and learn and research, this is all about an emotional and it is a, it, it's, it's an abusive relationship. So that toxic person needs your emotion. Gray rocks give nothing. That's it. Absolutely nothing. So no matter, because after you've heard every bad thing and terrible person you've come from in your family, like, You've mm -hmm. given that energy already. Like they're like that should let that person know you're stuck, you're in shame, you're the problem, but they can't see. So mm -hmm. the number one definition to insanity is if you keep doing the same thing over and over. So stop. Mm -hmm. Give nothing. Give nothing. Thank you guys. And until the next time, bye-bye. Are life's challenges weighing you down? Do you need a guiding hand to help you navigate through difficult times? Introducing Serenity Counseling, your trusted counseling and mediation center, located in Gallatin, Tennessee. We specialize in supporting individuals, including adolescents and adults, couples, families, marriages, and those going through difficult situations like substance abuse or difficult transitions like divorce. Our compassionate and experienced counselors are here to lend a listening ear, offering personalized guidance to help you find clarity, healing, and understanding. At Serenity Counseling, we believe in nurturing your mental and emotional well-being. Our dedicated self-care coaching sessions will empower you to manage stress, build resilience, and discover your inner strength. Hi guys, my name is Christian Sid, better known as Lola. I am the founder of the Serenity Counseling and Mediation Center and the Life of Living Abundantly platform. I help clients through difficult relationships with personality disorders. As a high conflict resolution expert, I resolve cases in family courts effectively through my coaching strategies. 
please reach out to schedule coaching with me or counseling with one of our other providers. Here, we handle traditional needs for counseling services with some insurances accepted. Call us today and follow us on social media at Serenity Counseling and Mediation Center and at Life of Living Abundantly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, guys. Thank you for enjoying that episode with us. I would love to ask you guys to do a few things for me. If you can, please subscribe, download, and leave a review. And if it is on your heart, please share an episode with anybody who may come to mind so that we can get this positive message out to those who need to receive it. Thank you. Bye-bye.